Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. And welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here. Glad you're here. Here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Thank you guys for stopping into the Housing Hour. And we want to make sure that you guys know how to get plugged in with us. And there's several ways. Uh, the biggest and most efficient way, we think, is the mothership treasure trove of information, thehousinghour.com. Love for you to go there and dive in, tackle all the issues that we've tackled, and share those with friends and family. We're on the Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash thehousinghour um, Twitter at the housing hour. So we'd love for you to interact with us and plug in. Um, this is an important time of the year in housing and not just housing, but just in general, you've got so much going on in the world today. And sometimes we like to take stories that have a direct um, sort of effect on our communities. And one of the things that communities certainly deal with every day, because it's what we do is associated with your nine to five, as Dolly said. Um, Now, really nine to five, that would be not, that'd be like part-time now. (laughs) People don't work (laughs) nine to five anymore. But anyway, so we had, if you guys remember just a few weeks ago, Greg Chambers um, and Peter Jones at the time, um, who's not here today, but we have Greg. Uh, Greg and Peter talked about the book they wrote and the book was called and is called Unchosen. You can find that on Amazon, Unchosen, Surviving the Emotional Trauma of Job Loss. Everybody has um, a job, well, or has had a job. Maybe you're looking for one, but most people have dealt with that separation for whatever reason. It's very rare in today's time, except for maybe you, Mark, Mm -hmm. where you stay with a company, you know, for 20 years, 30 years. That might have been the norm for my grandparents and my great-grandparents, but... As Greg and Peter pointed out in the show, I'd love for you to reference that, Mark, in our post, the previous show. I will. Um, sometimes that's not the norm anymore, right? So we, we go through transitions in different seasons of life, and um, sometimes that means uh, coming into a new culture and those type of things. So Greg decided to come in studio because we had some other items about the human resources of America, human resources departments, and how those are working, how they're not working, because um, what's the first department that every new employee touches first? The human resources mm-hmm. department. So, Greg, thank you for coming in, first and foremost. Thank you, Kevin, Mark, for having me back. Absolutely. And I do have a copy he brought in, a signed copy of Unchosen. Thank you for that. Both Peter and Greg signed it for us. Um, and I uh, want you guys to go out and get that book. It's not even if you haven't experienced specifically being unchosen, which unchosen for those who didn't get a chance to listen to the show, the definition of unchosen, as they have stated it, is removed from a group of workers and no longer a part of the organization, removed from your job in an organization and no longer a part of the work group family, or three, laid off. So the book is wonderful, and it goes through a bunch of good information. Maybe you haven't lost your job or you've not experienced that, but it's a real human life story. Love for you to check that out. And one of the things is uh, a friend of mine, good friend of mine uh, reached out to me um, because they heard the show and they got the book, awesome. um, but uh, they heard the show and 
and she was quite emotional because she mm. went through just recently a job loss. So wow. she was able to connect with this and found some real spiritual help in the in the book. So I recommend it for anyone going through it or, you know, if you know somebody going through it. So you just defined success for me. Mm. Well, good. That was that was that's awesome. Great to hear. Yeah. See, no, she she did. That, she reached out. If it had just helped we, her, it would have been all we we are now successful. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's great to hear. That's it's, wonderful. Uh, you know, you talk about the the emotional. It is it is immensely emotional and studies um and I talk about it in the book. One of the studies that I found is that of all the traumatic experiences in life, job loss lasts the longest. Mm. More than five years can last more than even the death of a spouse. Job loss will outrank that for Mm. most in the emotional trauma and recovery period that it takes. It's um, it's pretty amazing. That's really amazing. It is amazing. I I tell you, and there's a lot of people who suffer from it Mm -hmm. and and they don't know that that's what they're suffering with. You know, they just think, well, gosh, you know, had a bad situation and need to get this new job. And and that's actually a good segue into, you know, what we're going to talk about a little today. And, you know, you have that situation. So, you know, you close the chapter with this previous employer and, you know, that drags on sometimes. You got Cobra, you got, you know, other things that are sort of still tied to you. You know, you're still getting, you know, emails from colleagues and, you know, people, not everybody got the memo. And, you know, so you deal with that for weeks, maybe months, maybe years with being associated with that brand or associated with that company or that organization. Um, But at some point there's a new job that has to be found. And I wanted you to mention, Greg, it's you, you, I think I recall you saying, and maybe it was Peter that it wasn't like you felt like just jumping right back out there and, and and getting back into the swing of things. Well, you want to, but you shouldn't. Right. Uh, And I, I loved at one point, I don't, I don't know if it was on the show or just chatting with Mark. Uh, he referred to our book as the, the prequel mm. to all the how-tos, how to write a resume, how to interview, how to – and it's really true because you're not in a mental state mm. to sit down and try to talk to people about finding a job. Number one, you're desperate mm. uh, in some cases, and, and desperation reeks. I mean, people can smell it. They, they smell the fear, the desperation in your voice, and unfortunately – uh, that kind of taints your interviews, your your experience, your ability to transmit your abilities to someone you may be interviewing with. And, and I think um, the first thing is to understand the mental state you're in and how to approach where you're going and what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of people walk out. I've talked to a lot of recruiters. They, they say they will absolutely tell you they have people sit down in front of them and the last thing they need to do is to go on a job interview because mm-hmm. they're not mental, mentally prepared yet to do that and they need to get over they need to get their head in the right place and and i think we uh, you talked about this in the intro is that it's not just for people that have lost their job people that have been out there in their jobs with the same company for a long time maybe even not maybe it's just a couple or three years they need to know what coming mm. because this is the this is the state of affairs in the the business world these days yeah it's, and that's uh, the and when, when we were speaking uh, before he came on air uh the first time uh when we were talking about the show and what we could talk about as far as unchosen um i kind of had a preconception of what he was going to talk about i kind of read his notes and things but then he said something during that period he said that 
you know, once the job search is, is starts, the problem is that the HR system in our country is broken. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time anybody's ever really mentioned it to me. I never really had to think about it. And it just blew me away that now you have this other issue. Yeah. It's not just the job losses, trying to find a job mm-hmm. it, when you're ready, as you point out, but then it it's a broken system. Well, yeah. Well, let's talk about that Huge. because you first have to think about, okay, who are my potential employers of the future? That that is one filter that could happen pretty quickly. So you you have to know that either a they're in the area of your expertise, b they're physically geographically in the area, or maybe c like Peter, you know he worked sort of remotely. Maybe you do as well. So that the, the geographics aren't as big of a concern. But then you also have to find the job that is available, and so. The HR department is the hub for most companies, and they have to post the job. And sometimes the boots on the ground manager and the HR manager don't always come together with the correct job posting. So it's difficult to weed through those. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. It's the first. Uh, it's one of the first barriers, and um, there, it's the HR has taken on taken on a new role i've uh, been in in you know in the business world for pl- over 30 years and hr was the employee's uh advocate in the mm-hmm. early days they mm-hmm. were there and and i don't see that as often as much now they were uh connected with the managers more i don't see that as much I, you yeah. know they're almost you almost feel like they're there just to keep lawsuits mm-hmm. from happening mm-hmm. to make sure that the legally which is all that has to be done right but um the the role that you see them taking on these days is just not what it was 20 years ago maybe even 10 years ago and mm-hmm. and part of that is that as far as job posting uh filling positions and i've seen it uh of recent years too is that uh, number one it's really hard to get them engaged Mm-hmm. And number two is there's not a lot of information that's that's passed. No coaching of how to how to do that, mm-hmm. how to post the job, how to interview. There's there's really no support mechanism processes in place to make that happen smoothly for you. Mm-hmm. So that's on the hiring side. So imagine being on the mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get hired side of this system where there is no system and no process. Right. And it, it's it's uh, it's like running. I I think I relate it to like running onto. You're playing this game. You're running onto the field. You know where the goal line is, but there's really not a lot of rules. Yeah. There's just some loose guidelines. Yeah. And the people are playing the game differently. Yeah. So, well, hold on to that thought because that's where I want to go in the second segment is to talk a little bit more that initial job posting and how does that come about. So we're going to talk about that here in just a moment, right here on the Housing Hour. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. And welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray, your host. Glad to be here with you and um, hope that this show can bring some value to your day. We'd love for you to share this with friends and family. Um, You can uh, download the podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes. You can go to thehousinghour.com. 
and uh, look at our past shows, share those with friends and family. You can certainly also go to facebook.com slash the housing hour as well. And you can also look at uh, Mark's Pinterest account if you'd like to check out his Pinterest um, posts in pins. (laughs) I always make fun of them there. Uh, We're talking about the human resources departments of America. We we're talking with the author, co-author of Unchosen, Greg Chambers, and wrote the book Surviving the Emotional Trauma of Job Loss. And, you know, his next book is probably going to be the Hiring cycle, surviving the emotional trauma of hiring, <laughs> or something like that. That could be your series. Well, right well I don't there. know. There's a great chapter. Uh, I couldn't think of anything else to call a chapter except this hell we call job search. Right. Exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, it and, is, and it literally is. It's um, it's an amazing uh, work in uh, frustration. Mm. It's just absolutely the most frustrating piece of the the process and you know you're talking about job postings the first thing you start looking you look around and you want to find what matches what you were doing before you alluded to this earlier first thing you're going to do is go find okay what i'm what am i doing now what where would that apply somewhere else and as you start looking through job postings it's they're just terrible mm-hmm. they're they uh some are well written but for the most part, they're either too short, too long. It's you read through, and it's really hard to figure out what it is they want. And you know, I you, I just want to figure out what it, what are they looking for? What core competencies and skills? And sometimes it's like data mining. There's so much in there that you have to kind of until you can talk to someone and say, okay, well, you have these ten points, but what's really important to you? What three yeah. things do you really want that person to be able to do? And, and, you know, it's almost as if you're interviewing the interviewer and, yes. and, and you have to go about yeah. it in that way because there are so many companies that are out there that just don't have a clue. Don't yeah. have a clue. Absolutely. So let's back up. I, I wanted to make one point that, that we're talking about the, the hiring process. The, uh, and this really relates to HR is that studies show, and it depends on which studies you read, 60 and some quote up to 80% of jobs placements are not placed through what you would call the conventional process of putting in an application and going for an interview, getting called for an interview, interviewing, and then getting it. 60 plus percent are found through connection. Finding a connection to a company, mm-hmm. having prequel, pre-discussions about the role, and vetting out all the things that we're talking about as right. far as the job posting. What are the you know what are they looking for? What things are very and the most and quite honestly, most all of the jobs that I have found, matter of fact, maybe a hundred percent, were found in that methodology. Right. So there's this whole system that's happening out there of. You know, putting out online applications and searching keywords and all this stuff, and studies are still showing that sixty percent plus are found through a connection. That your job will be found through your friends, your family, your professional connections, finding where there are opportunities for people that do what you, you know, wanting someone that does what you do, and then finding a role that matches that. So that I just think that's a really interesting. So the, the the reason that HR comes into that is because, as we all know, there are very strict guidelines around how you can hire people, 
that you know we obviously don't want to be discriminatory and things like that. so it's a very it's a it's a very fine line to play as far as the company is concerned because they can't you know they have to be open and uh, have the job posted and all that and then there's the right. side of you know if you look back a couple of 300 years the way that the same thing jobs were found you you would have your employer write a letter of recommendation and you took that to someone and that meant something right mm, that's true and you know do you think about too because we you know of course we have a company our human resources department is wonderful just to get on the record with that um <laughs> it, it really is but you, you think about what people are out there looking for sometimes they already have the candidate in mind and it's mm-hmm. like you said it's a mechanism of hey i have to post this i have to put this out there but how does that benefit the organization? How does that benefit the individual? Because they've already earmarked the person they want, but yet they're going through this process. And I don't want—I don't know that we could rise that to the level of, hey, it's broken. But there doesn't seem to be, maybe that's more of an omission, I think. But in your experience, when you look at the job postings, what would you look for when you are looking at, okay, here's what they think they want out of this position. So what are some of the things that you would look for when you're looking at it? At, and you almost sometimes can tell whether it's just been copied and pasted. Right. <laughs> yeah. Did they, did they, uh, how did, how did they come about the posting? Did they just take, uh, a lot of people take it from the, uh, job from, from their, the, the job description, that they have in the company Mm -hmm. and and that's fine because it should, it should relate from the job description to the job posting. But what I look for personally, I step back uh, and I've, I've started to coach people on this, that people that come to me is okay. Tell me three things, Kevin, you do really well. Mm -hmm. What is it you do really well? And I, after you can define that, I have more than three. But well, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You should. <laughs> I hope so. But those top three things should really drive what you're going to look for as far as competencies, especially in soft skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're someone that's writing code for web applications or something, that's that's fairly simple. Uh, but it, but if you're looking at soft skills, you find those three things. What do you What do you enjoy? What do you do well? And then you start looking at the job postings and see if you can really vet that out and and are they in there? And those are some of the first questions that you would ask. As you say, you really you're getting interviewed, but you're interviewing the interviewer mm-hmm. because me, you want to find out if you're a match yeah. for what they want because you don't want to be a square peg in a round hole. Mm-mm. Let me let me throw something in as as a manager that's looked through hundreds and gobs and gobs of resumes. Um, one of the problems also I see is, is not just what you're describing, but people that are applying for jobs. Um, mm-hmm. cause when I put an entry and put in the top entry level position. And so I want to make sure everybody understands that I'm not going after right. the top, top income level earners. I'm looking at entry level yet. I get resumes from all over the country from senior managers making, you know, these six figure salaries applying for the job, but I'm, I get a lot of different, you know, and it seems like it just floods the system. Is there something broken about how we do it? I mean, even though we're clear on the front end, we're getting resumes. You know what I mean, let Kevin? Me, let me tell you one of the things, and you can speak to this, but there's these, um, well, you have monster.com for instance. Mm-hmm. So someone posts, posts that to monster and it's a geographically 
hey, this is where it is. And then these other, um, you know, online companies will pick that up. Indeed.com is an example of that. So before you know it, your, your, your job posting is being seen in Seattle, Washington. It's being seen in Washington, D.C. when it's really clear that we're just looking for somebody that is at this tier. We're looking for somebody, hey, we're going to get pay them good. We're going to give them some good benefits, but we're not looking for like an executive vice president. Right. You know, and, but I think that goes right to your point. It's, it's the broken system of the job posting, and we see that in a live view every day. And it's not our HR department's fault. Right. It's actually really – you know, the, the way system. the system is set up. Yeah. And I, and yes, yes and no. So there, I think there are people mm-hmm. out there that, again, at some point you get desperate mm-hmm. and that desperation drives uh, this. I'll just put in for anything that I think I may have a skill set for because I've got to go to work you somewhere. Get a good job, right. right. And, but then there's also the thing that I've, uh, I've come to understand and appreciate, I think, is that you also have to look at the lens of which uh, through where – what point in life are they? Mm. Maybe they're at a point where they want to downsize. And if that's the case – Good point. And it, the, the, you may have a really good resource out there that, hey, I would – you know, they don't want to retire, but I want to do something. This is something I would really enjoy. Uh, money may not be an object. And mm. you may have really – but that person hopefully has – has communicated that through a cover letter yeah, or a summary right. or something to give you an right. indication that this is where they are in life because otherwise you're going to toss that in, in the garbage, right? I it's, have a real, I have actually, and we'll talk about this in the next segment. We only have a minute left, but I have a real life f- friend who's in that situation. Um, so I think that'll be good to talk about that, but you're nailing yeah. it. That's exactly right. Yeah. I think there, so it's really what, at what point in life is, are, are people in? Mm-hmm. What is their situation? Maybe they just won the lottery and, uh, <laughs> and they, they want to come work for Mark Griffin. <laughs> they they want to go to work for Mark. Who would like not winning. want to work for Mark Griffin? That's I mean, like the opposite of winning the lottery. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I actually worked for Mark for a long time. Well, guys, this is the housing hour. We're here uh, talking about HR, hiring process, and a bunch of other things in between. Continue with us right after these messages. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. Wanted to thank you guys for coming in and stopping in, listening to our show. Uh, as I've said, we can be found on the interweb um, at www.thehousinghour.com, facebook.com slash thehousinghour. Just search for the Housing Hour, um, as well as uh, on Uh, Twitter at the housing hour. Um, So please join us there. We'd love to hear your feedback and interact with us. You can find um, myself. We need to start an Instagram page actually, but you can find me on Instagram, Kevin Ray um, and all those good places. We're all over the place really. Actually Mm -hmm. Um, we're the hottest show in Knoxville. I can tell you that much. Eric Ainge has nothing on us. (laughs) (laughs) The housing hour, (laughs) but um, we're talking today uh, about a very important and serious topic actually. Um, And Greg is, uh, agreed to come back in studio with us and has added some real depth to this whole hiring process. And the, you know, the book unchosen that he wrote 
uh, with his friend Peter Jones surviving the emotional trauma of job loss. Um, and he agreed to come back in because he has experience with that, but also with the hiring process. And um, I don't even know if you would call it a hiring process because there's not really a process, right? <laughs> yeah, it's everyone has their own. <laughs> right. And there's really, there's no rules. They're different for every organization. And I think um, outside of that, the, the one of the most frustrating pieces of it, and I resemble this, guys. Listen, I, I've been in – I've been a manager for 30-plus years, and I, I resemble this, and I I really uh, – it pains me now to think back at the manner in which I hired prior to having this experience because now I've walked in the shoes. Mm-hmm. And the the problem – part of the problem, problem emanates from the fact that there is a lack of commitment from the hiring manager in HR, and uh, you can see that in many places – there's no commitment to the time that it takes to do it correctly, and there's no commitment to follow up and having a process in place of where um, you follow up with the, your candidates. Mm-hmm. You you know you spend time on and and a good example of this. And I've talked to again, I've talked to recruiters, managers. Uh, it's amazing how uh, you you have this opening and you desperately need a person, mm-hmm. but when it comes time to interview, you can't get the people together. Mm. that you need to interview the person to get them in the door, right? Right. Because everything else becomes all of a sudden really important. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you the number of times also that uh, one of the most frustrating things, and I even, I think I have a a blurb in there about this, is that uh, I can't tell you the number of times I've gone to interview and Mm -hmm. at the end of the interview they say, well, we'll, you know, we'll make a decision within two weeks. It's like the the biggest lie that's ever told, Mm -hmm. you know. We'll, we'll be back to you within two weeks. Right. Um, I even had one local company here, and I went to a four-hour follow-up, and I was told that by Wednesday the next week, I would hear from them. Mm. And I still haven't had a phone mm. call or a note or anything. Mm. And, and, you know, part of it is just professionalism of follow-up. Right. Right. Just close having some closure. Did you say and, follow up? What does that mean? I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right. You know, it's uh having some closure and, yeah. and that's I guess part of the, the frustration and the emotional piece is that there's a lack of closure and the you go to an interview and you you wait and wait and wait and there's nothing that happens. Well you, you mentioned before that uh there doesn't appear to be any formal training for managers in the interview and hiring process. No, there isn't. And I over over Except thirty for years our company. Yeah. <laughs> it, over thirty years uh I have had I had one really good session. It was called targeted selection. Mm. And the, it it had it was only a component though. It was just the interviewing component of it. But it was really good about how to to find the information. Um, and it, honestly, it was short lived. It lived maybe less than five years in the, or maybe not even three in the company. It was mm. still out there. Uh, it, it was kind of funny that even after 10 years, people were using the material, but there was no training going on s- still. Mm-hmm. And actually they would say at, at the onset, you could not use the target selection process or, uh, interview questions unless you had been through the class, which was, you know, and it was good, but it was a really good, but that is the only time I ever had formal training of someone to sit down and say, here's, here's how to interview. Here's how, what you're looking for. Here's how to get the answers. Here's what the process 
uh, since I've uh, I've done a lot of reading. Um, there's some really good books out there, and I think you know it is an opportunity to sit down and and define. You know, I've been in project and project management certified, and there, you should projectize mm-hmm. your hiring process. Absolutely, and you should have community. You know, project management is all about communication. There should be should be communication. Mm-hmm. I am committed going forward in hiring in, in in a management role. My next management role, if I'm hiring, I am going to follow up on every single interview mm-hmm. in some manner. I have made that commitment. What about resumes? You, you, I know the interviews you you follow up, but what about if you get a you know hundred resumes? Do you contact each one of them? Typically, no. Yeah, no. If yeah. you but if you've uh, you know, and I think people understand that that there there's the volume now. Um, but it, but if you have reached out and asked for more information or set up an interview, I think you owe that person some communication well, back. I also right? think too what we try to do successfully and I don't know if other companies do this but you get a bunch of resumes and you're you're thinking well they don't fit this box exactly but we have these other departments that mm-hmm. maybe we could share that with because there's all we're always hiring. You can go to migonline.com/careers. I mean we always have something. So you may apply for so I think you know when that happens what would be nice is if the follow-up would be that, Hey, you know, I did receive your resume. However, for the job that we have, I don't think you quite fit the box that we're looking for. However, I have passed your information on to this hiring manager and I've done that. And and then, you know, where I think you're going with it is um, the trust that you have as an organization, as a hiring manager is that the culture is you can even say they'll be following up with you. Most companies, you wouldn't even want to say that because you doubt that that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and it's there are a lot of responses that you get. Hey, you didn't fit, you know, this job role. We don't feel that you're a fit. Mm-hmm. You, we've passed it on. It's kind of like a disclaimer. You almost mm-hmm. it, you, right. You really don't take that as hey, I'm going to hear from anyone because of um, the system has been. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Well, and you also mentioned misleading interviews where you get the sense of, oh, man, I nailed it. Yeah. This response was over the top. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. That happens all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It's mm-hmm. uh, Is that lack it, of training or just somebody just – People not wanting to tell them no or give them the wrong – Maybe that's it. I, I really tried to figure that out. Is why would people do that? Why would you mislead? I mean, I've really been to a couple where uh, – I thought I was the guy, mm-hmm. and uh, not only did I not get a phone call, it was an email, and it was kind of a cowardly way to, after many, many discussions, mm-hmm. I'm talking four or five discussions, interview, a couple of interview sessions, and then an email, mm-hmm. and there's no, you know, there's, there's no, no personal touch, no personal it. phone call back to say, hey, this is what happened, you know, it just, uh, I think that, again, it's very disingenuous to operate that in that manner, Well, I can add, it's cowardly. I can add a little context, or maybe a little bit of additional information there, because, and and maybe it was not a millennial who was who was interviewing you, but I think that there's been this societal shift in communication that has went from that personal touch one-on-one looking at you in your eye, telling you how it really is and being really straightforward with you. It's transitioned from that to, Hey, I'm going to text him or I'm going to email him something that there's just, it's cold. There's no emotional attachment. You don't have to experience, 
any type of uncomfortable feeling. And right. that's just the easier, softer way. And it's acceptable. And, it, and well, it's not acceptable because there's emotional consequences. But it's done. Yeah. In the, it is a norm, yes. But I don't yeah. know that it's acceptable. So this was not a millennial. Right. And I do understand the communication differences between the generations. You know, right. there even Generation X, there's a difference between uh, the communications uh, methodologies. Mm-hmm. And so I take that into account. And right. That's, uh, but it's still doesn't excuse it. I think it's still unforgivable. Absolutely. uh, And, yeah, it's it's, so, uh, you know, the great thing about this is I have, again, I have walked the shoes. I think I have a better, uh, I I will have more commitment in going forward, and hopefully I can convince others to do the same, Mm -hmm. that that there should be a process, there should be communication, and we owe it to uh, each other. But with that that lacks of communication skill, there comes a lack of professionalism in how we dress. Yeah. I mean, uh, we still uh, oh today my gosh. It's, it's, it's how we dress as how we dress, like dress. literally dress. Okay. dress. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, I, you know, we we all I I my children are just uh, ending high school, coming out of high school, and I and would n- never send them to a professional interview without a suit mm. suit and tie and mm. i i go to interviews in a suit and tie and, and i have yet to be interviewed by anyone in a suit and tie go thing. with flip-flops <laughs> and a jimmy buffett margarita yeah. shirt and man you're going to oh. get the job hey, yeah dr Susan would have a good story um, I, I do i actually experienced that yesterday with a company here in knoxville that their dress code is absolutely casual that's true if you came in a suit they'd probably you know send you home We're going to continue and finish this conversation right after these messages, right here on The Housing Hour. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I'm your host. I'm really thankful for the opportunity. Um, you guys uh, make this show happen, so thank you for being a part of it. And definitely subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Um, you can do that by simply going to the interweb and typing in the Housing Hour iTunes, and it will just pop right up. It's the first thing. You go and you subscribe. You can, of course, also, if you have a smartphone, um, it's funny. Why don't we even say that? Nobody doesn't have a smartphone anymore. But if you do um, have a smartphone, you can go to the Apple Store or you can go to well, actually just the Apple Store and you can search for it's a podcast app. Actually, mm-hmm. it connects in. You can subscribe to it. Um, I actually had to delete off a bunch of our shows because I, you know, of course, I'm here, so I don't necessarily have to re-listen to them. But I like listening so I can get prepared. So you can listen to all of our past shows and that come right to your phone. Um, and you can go to thehousinghour.com. You can do that, and you can uh, subscribe to our RSS feed, and every time we post something, it will come to you. Um, and so we have all kinds of good stuff, and, and we're there for you, and we're trying to bring value to um, your life, your day. So share with your friends, with your family members. This show here, for instance, would touch so many people, unbelievable amount of people, 5% 
or more of Americans are unemployed currently. And if you take that times 300 million, whatever it is, that's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it affects a lot of people. And I'd love to know what the percentage of people that are laid off every day, because it's just like being, it's just like babies being born and people passing away. I mean, there's a number there. So it's happening a lot. People are experiencing the unchosen. Then they're experiencing the chosen and then they're experiencing the, I think I'm chosen, but I'm actually not chosen, even though the signals were telling me I was chosen, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's almost like you go through little mini unchosen events. So not only were you unchosen, mm-hmm. but then you go through, oh man, this company, I mean, the, I have a four hour return visit. I mean, I'm just waiting for the phone to ring. Yep. Right. How does that feel? That has to feel bad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad, and I mean, I'm, and the and the curve it's it's an exponential curve as the months go by. When your job was in the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. and you're you're out on the street, and you don't have, you know, the further you go, the the more stories you tell yourself about how yeah. worthless you are, and right, you're you're depressed, and you it's hard. You know, you wake up every morning and have to pump yourself up, and mm-hmm. then. And let's talk about the, the, you go, the pumping you up. Yeah, you go to these interviews and then you don't get chosen right, again. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah, the the hardest person to motivate is your and pump up is yourself. Yeah. And you'd have to do that daily. Well, we don't want to yeah. end the show on Yeah, let's, 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 let's talk about some beat. tips. <laughs> yeah. So l- there are tips and um are you considering maybe writing a book on this? On which part? On hi- the hiring process. I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to put together a framework mm-hmm. to work by because I have it. Uh, I, I built it myself. Um, or and, even and just, even as like an LLC, a consulting firm. Yeah. You know that would that would sell big time. I mean, yeah. I would I would be your first mm. client. I okay. Mean, we we would love to because we do it. We have a lot of recruiting happening and a lot of hiring happening oh, and tons. things like that. And it happens all the time. And and we have a framework. But as our employees. Don't take this the wrong way, but I mean, as, as our company ages, you know, there's going to be new managers. There's going to be new employees. Hey, could you speak up there? (laughs) You know, (laughs) and so, you know, we want to have a good foundation because it's good business too. That's the other thing. The morality of it and the doing the right thing and all that. Yeah, that's vital. That's the reason that we're having this show topic, but it's also good business. But the real key is finding the right person. Right. And, right, right, right. and finding it in, in a manner that is, uh, takes them into consideration and your company into consider, consideration. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so let's go on the upbeat side, mm-hmm. uh, which, so let's talk about, uh, from a candidate perspective, how do you navigate all this mess? Mm-hmm. There, there's all this mess out there. So part, the, the short answer is you have to play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the put in the applications, do, you know, look online, look, look for jobs that are posted, uh, you're better served to target some companies uh, and go that route, and, and and it's hard. It's really hard to do this when you are without a job because you think you're limiting yourself. So, mm-hmm. so you play the game. You have to put in the. You have to go through the motions and put in the applications and all that. So it it begins, and I alluded to this earlier. It begins with branding. You really have to understand your brand. Mm. And what do you do well? And you have to have your elevator speech ready. When someone comes and says, well, hey, Kevin, what do you do? Right. Uh, because you never know the person that you're going to find. Remember, 60-plus percent of the jobs are found through connections. Right. And that connection may be your next-door neighbor. 
Mm-hmm. It may be someone that you run into at the coffee shop and you start having conversation, you never know where it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you need to know, understand your brand. The resume, and there's the whole section, we could do five segments on how horrible of a process that is because everybody has an opinion. Right. You can hand it to 100 people, and they're all going to tell you what's wrong with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your resume should absolutely, in the top half of that front page, should communicate your brand. Mm-hmm. What is it that you do and you do well? Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, you need to throw it away because they're going to toss it. That's the uh, studies again show fifteen to twenty seconds is all you get, and wow. that top half. If if you don't have if it is not succinct, and you don't need all this uh, stuff about it, I really I want to be an executive vice president of the. No, you need to state what it is you do really well mm-hmm. in that top section. Um, that's where you start. But but it, it's really about connections. It's about finding finding connections using use the tools out there. Use LinkedIn. Use uh, Facebook. You know, figure out who you know at certain companies. When you when you see a job that's posted, start looking for the people that you know that work mm-hmm. for that company and ask some questions. Ask about the culture. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the culture at Mortgage Investors? What do you, how do you guys work? What is it like on a typical day? You know, do I want to work there? Mm-hmm. Right. That was where I was going with the interviewing the interviewer. Yeah. Do yeah. I want to work there? Because I may not want to work there. Mm-hmm. It may not be a fit for me in a cultural world and mm-hmm. and the job my skills may just not fit. So that's right. so that's the and it's actually kind of fun after mm-hmm. you can relax a little bit and talk to people and hey, here's what I here's what I'm really looking to do. I actually mm-hmm. did this to Mark before we started the segment mm-hmm. today. <laughs> Uh, right. I don't know if he knew that was what was going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I did, you were smooth. I'm telling you, brother. <laughs> right. But but that's, you know, start having those conversations. Hey, here's what I do. Here's what I'm looking for. If you know anyone that's looking for someone, because your your reputation precedes you, mm-hmm. especially with people that you know. Hey, man, I know I know Mark. He's this great guy. you you got to hire him with your company. Mm-hmm. Because you, were you pointing in the other? Oh, okay. Oh, this Mark. Yeah, this Mark. Mark. I'm just yeah. kidding. You know, it's, uh, and that's where you find value. The connections. On the hiring side, that's where you find the valued employees because you know you have someone that, someone that you trust and know, knows them, knows that they have great value system and great work ethics. Mm-hmm. That's a great starting point mm-hmm. to find an employee, right? Yeah. And, so and social what media. About, what about um, cliche? You know, my brand is so cliche. Let's say, you know, oh, I'm a, a self motivator. I mean, you got to put it in different terms than that, right? Yeah, you really have to get down to okay. I I I uh, run business operations. I'm great at managing people, processes, and projects. Mm-hmm. Can I write that down? That's good. Yeah, okay. no, that's right. That's my elevator speech. Right. Right. That's I love to run business operations, but what I really love to do is to manage people, and mm. a lot of people don't say that, mm, right? right? So that's my niche. Mm, that's awesome. It's about uh, relationships. Yeah, it's about relationships, and I, I love to help other people succeed. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Yeah. Uh, well, well, unfortunately, we only have two minutes left, so w- maybe if you want to add another tip, but I also had a question about follow-up as the um, applicant. As the applicant. Yeah. Don't be afraid to follow up. Mm-hmm. Like you know, obnoxiously, don't be obnoxious, mm-hmm. and and there comes a point where be pragmatic. Mm-hmm. If after two, three times you're not getting a response, right? You know, hey, sometimes they're just not getting. If it's email, they don't get. Maybe you get, you hit it, ended up in their junk mail, mm-hmm. right? Or 
you know, don't be afraid to call and leave a voicemail. Hey, I'm re- still really interested. Just wondering where things stand. Do you give uh, your elevator, your 20 second elevator speech there? Because they might have talked to 25 people. So maybe give like a, a little snippet. I just want to, you know, let you know, I'm, I love managing people and I think I'd be a great fit. You can. Yeah. I mean, uh, if we're talking post, to hear post interview, yeah. are you talking about post interview? Yeah, or after pre- the interview. So post interview is typically about find something that you talked about in the interview that, hey, we okay. talked about this. Hey, I really think I'm I'm a good fit. Bring for that. their memory back yeah, to you. Come back around or do some research. Maybe there was something that was missed. Hey, we really missed this point. We didn't talk about this. You know, something like that. Oh man, we only uh, have thirty seconds yeah. left. So we got to hey, thank you all so much. Yes, for having thank me back. you for sure. And we're going to title this series something. And we would love I think to employing America. Employing America. That sounds very good. That that might be just it. But we're going to go into a huddle, and when the smoke comes out of the chimney, we'll have something chosen. <laughs> so anyway, thank you guys for joining us. We'd love to have your feedback. Share this show with friends and family. We'll see you next week right here on the Housing Hour. Your head down, hey, I know it's hard, no it's hard to remember sometimes, but you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down. That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. Also, check us out at thehousinghour.com. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.